Chapter Twenty of Gunsight Pass: How Oil Came to the Cattle Country and Brought a New West by William McLeod Rain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Little Mother Frees Her Mind. If someone had made Emerson Crawford a present of a carload of Herefords, he would not have been more pleased than he was at the result of the jackpot crew's night adventure with the Steelman forces. The news came to him at an opportune moment, for he had just been served notice by the president of the Malapi First National Bank that Crawford must prepare to meet at once a call note for ten thousand dollars. A few hours earlier in the day, the cattleman had heard it rumored that Steelman had just bought a controlling interest in the bank. He did not need a lawyer to tell him that the second fact was responsible for the first. In fact, the banker, personally friendly to Crawford, had as good as told him so. Bob rode in with the story of the fracas in time to cheer the drooping spirits of his employer. Emerson walked up and down the parlor, waving his cigar, while Joyce laughed at him. Doggone my skin if that don't beat my time. I'm setting aside five thousand shares in the jackpot for Dave Sanders right now. Smartest trick I ever did see. The justice of the jackpot's vengeance on its rival and the completeness of it came home to him as he strode the carpet. He not only saves my property without having to fight for it, and that was a blame good play itself, for I don't want you boys shooting up anybody even in self-defense, but he disarms Brad's plug uglies, humiliates them, makes them plumb sick of the job and at the same time wipes out Steelman's location lock, stock, and barrel. I'll make that ten thousand shares by gum. That boy's sure some stemwinder. He uses his head, admitted Bob admiringly. I give up my best pup to have been there, said the cattleman regretfully. It was some show, drawled the younger man. Drowned rats was what they reminded me of. Couldn't get a rise out of any of em, except Doug. That man's dangerous, if you ask me. He's crazy mad at all of us, but most at Dave. Will he hurt him? asked Joyce quickly. Can't tell. He'll try, that's a cinch. The dark brown eyes of the girl brooded. That's not fair. We can't let him run into more danger for us, Dad. He's had enough trouble already. We must do something. Can't you send him to the Spring Valley Ranch? Meaning Doug Doble? asked Bob. She flashed a look of half-smiling, half-tender reproach at him. You know who I mean, Bob, and I'm not going to have him put in danger on our account, she added with naive dogmatism. Joy's right. She's sure right, admitted Crawford. Maybe so, Hart fell into his humorous draw. How do you aim to get him to Spring Valley? You gonna have him hog-tied and shipped as freight? I'll talk to him. I'll tell him he must go. Her resolute little face was aglow and eager. It's time Malappy was civilized. We mustn't give these bad men provocation. It's better to avoid them. Yes, admitted Bob dryly. Well, you tell all that to Dave. Maybe he's the kind of lad that'll pick up and light out because he's afraid of Doug Doble and his outfit. Then again, maybe he ain't. Crawford shook his head. He was a game man himself. He would go through when the call came, and he knew quite well that Sanders would do the same. Nor would any specious plea sidetrack him. At the same time, there was substantial justice in the contention of his daughter. 
Dave had no business getting mixed up in this row. The fact that he was an ex-convict would be in itself a damning thing in case the courts ever had to pass upon the feud's results. The conviction on the records against him would make a second conviction very much easier. You're right, Bob. Dave won't let Doug's crowd run him out. But you keep an eye on him. Don't let him go out alone nights. See, he packs a gun. Packs a gun? Joyce was sitting in a rocking chair under the glow of the lamp. She was darning one of Keith's stockings, and to the young man watching her, so holy, winsome girl, so much tender but businesslike little mother, she was the last word in the desirability of woman. That's the very way to find trouble, Dad. He's been doing his best to keep out of it. He can't if he stays here, so he must go away. That's all there is to it. Her father laughed. Ain't it scandalous the way she bosses us all around, Bob? The face of the girl sparkled to a humorous challenge. Well, someone's got to boss you all, boys, Dad. If you do as I say, you wouldn't have any trouble with that old steelman or his gunman. Well, we wouldn't have any oil wells either, would we, honey? They're not worth having if you and Dave Sanders and Bob have to live in danger all the time, she flashed. Glad you look at it that way, Joy, Emerson retorted with a rueful smile. Fact is, we ain't gonna have any more oil wells than a jack rabbit pretty soon. I'm at the end of my rope right now. The First National promised me another loan on the Arizona ranch, but Brad has got a hold of it and he's called in my last loan. I'm not quitting. I'll put up a fight yet, but unless things break for me, I'm about done. Oh, Dad! Her impulse of sympathy carried Joyce straight to him. Soft, rounded arms went around his neck with impassioned tenderness. I didn't dream it was as bad as that. You've been worrying all this time, and you never let me know. He stroked her hair fondly. You're the blandest little mother I ever did see. Always was. Now don't you fret. It'll work out somehow. Things do. End of chapter 20